Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And on the podcast today, we have Jeff Hedges of J Hedges Consulting. His firm focuses on robotics and warehouse automation, and he's out of the greater Philadelphia area. Welcome, Jeff. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hey, good morning, Julie and Corey. How are you both doing? We're good. How are you? I'm doing good. I, uh, I'm hunkered down in my office at home for the last eight months. But uh, uh, the good thing is that uh, what I do uh, online is, uh, is it makes it very easy, right? So it's easy to reach out to people, chat with people, do podcasts, send out emails. Yeah. So are you... You started the your consulting firm during the pandemic, correct? Yeah, I, I had, uh, so I've been kind of going a hole on it since the summer. Um, I uh, left a position where I was president of a robotics automation firm for a little over eight years. Um, and things just kind of fell into place. It was, uh, um, it was the perfect time to basically lend my, 30 plus years expertise in that industry to uh, startup companies and new businesses that are looking to get into the robotics field and warehouse automation, but also work with uh, venture capitalists and private equity firms that are investing and, and, and even vendors that are rolling things out too. Excellent. So how's it been going? Good. Um, on the um, warehouse automation side, um, Vendors I talk to, customers I talk to, they are absolutely killing it. I mean, their their business is booming. Um, suppliers have backlogs going into 2022. Um, you know, business is 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 different now. They have a new set of challenges, right? Uh, but in my industry, which is heavy on e-commerce, right, with the growth of people uh, buying from home. Um, and um, not spending money on going out to dinner and uh, shopping and things like that, but on quote unquote stuff, um, you know, that is a positive uh, for this particular industry uh, in this current environment. So tell us a little more about, you know, who your, who your customers are, what kind of work you do for them, um, that type of stuff. Sure. Yeah. So um, I, I work with a, a, a three different sets of customers, I guess. One, <clears throat> I'll act as an advisor um, for uh, venture capitalist investment firms that are looking at uh, making investments into new automation technologies. And right now, my industry, it's all about autonomous vehicles within a warehouse space, robotic picking and artificial intelligence. And there's literally hundreds of companies in stealth mode or startup mode throughout the globe that are looking to get into this industry and apply their uh, point solutions. 
I also work with um, with the startup companies, uh, helping them understand the industry, helping them make introductions, um, many of them helping them understand how to structure a business, right? They've got a great idea, but uh, they really don't have experience, uh, you know, setting up uh, the, the billing process or how do I set up a sales process or how do I approach customers and, and, and things like that. Um, and then also working with uh, established vendors who have a lot of great ideas or new product launches that they're looking to get uh, launched into the industry as well. Excellent. We have, uh, we like to say that all it takes to start a business is money, right? And a lot of people when they're starting out doing a small business have no idea all of the work that goes into it or everything that you really need to do to build a strong foundation it's great to know there's someone else out there that is guiding and directing small business owners so we can have as many successful small businesses as possible. What are some of the common challenges that you're seeing as people are starting up? Are, are you seeing them get to successful launch? Yes. Um, you know, it, part of it is, um, yeah. do you have a good idea that you're passionate about, right? You know, the, 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 a couple companies that I work with, and, and literally, they're four people, right? Um, I think of one company, it's two brothers, and they've got a really nifty um, technology idea, but they're fully vested. Um, this one brother, um, during the course of developing their product, actually, on the side, took a job as a warehouse worker so that he could experience the specific challenges that they were trying to address through automation, right? Um, and, and funding is, 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 is tough, right? You, you start off, you're pulling money from your bank account, you're having friends and families kind of help uh, back you and things like that, but then you get to the point where uh, you need more funding. And, th and that gets into the going to the pre-seed phase, finding investment firms that, uh, will appreciate your passion about your idea, right? And, and, and then lend you money to uh, help you further develop that and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, what other issues are people having right now that, that you're seeing in your industries? Well, one issue is, it, it's interesting, it's kind of confusing, um, is the availability of labor. Um, customers, end users, so customers I speak to from Fortune 50 companies to uh, a small third-party logistics maybe company down the block are telling me that um, they struggle to actually fill, uh, find laborers to work in the warehouse, right? And so they, um, we scratch our head because right now we've got the latest figures are like 10 million unemployment, unemployed people right now. Um, and if there's all these people out of work, why are they struggling to find uh, workers and stuff? And, and, and there's many different ideas around it, but uh, part of that, um, part of that number, that $10 million number um, was recently reported 90% of those people are in the service industry. So if you, if you think of somebody in the service industry, maybe a waiter or waitress, you know, their, their major income is from tips, right? You don't get tips working in a warehouse, right? You get a flat rate. And so it probably makes it less desirable to kind of look for that type of uh, uh, constant uh, um, um, 
um, working in a warehouse type application, right? But the other interesting thing on labor, and that's that's what I see as the, the current short-term uh, issue right now, but it uh, seems to be um, um, raising a sense of awareness, of urgency, that um, labor is going to continue to be a problem um, years moving forward. There was a report by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, U.S. Labor Statistics, just this past September that pointed to the fact that um, over the next 10, 15 years, the amount of uh, available workers that are going to be reaching retirement age are going to get to the point where by 2029, I think it is, there are more people retired than there will be available people entering the workforce. Um, so I think one smart way that a lot of the customers and clients that I'm talking to are realizing that, uh, one, there's a sense of urgency to figure out how to address this labor content. So they're curious about robotic and autonomous, autonomous vehicles and how they, how they can supplement and improve their existing workforce. But getting that right now is something that they probably will be forced to grow and expand upon in the future as labor becomes um, more and more of a challenge to find uh, years down the road. It's so interesting. This entire year has, I mean, it's been devastating, right, for small business owners in terms of, you know, just being able to stay open, keep your keep your staff on and, and be able to pay them. And the, well, the unemployment numbers are coming down because I think at one point it was like 20 million, right? And it's it's been cut in half. Right. Um, but yeah, I still, right. I, I question the legitimacy of the 10 million in that I think it's actually higher than that. I just think that there's a significant number of people who no longer qualify for unemployment um, or have just kind of given up even looking because there's not a lot of viable options for them. What's interesting is that it always seems to be like the really the manual labor intensive industries that struggle because Corey and I both come from, yeah, yeah, we, we, you know, we worked for a number of years in food service for a distribution company and spent a lot of time in warehouses and it was always a problem for them to find labor. They, you couldn't keep people. It's just a tough job. You know, that area, Mm -hmm. that manual labor, people don't like to do that anymore. And it's not attractive. It's not sexy. Right. Yeah. They, they don't tend to look at it as a as a career move, right? You know, it's uh, you know there are the opportunities to move up, but it is a um, it's a challenging work environment. But but I will say that you know right now, you know you've got customers that are paying more per hour. They're paying uh, hiring bonuses. Um, it's becoming more expensive for them because they have to invest in PPE devices and. Uh, um, you know various safety procedures, but but they have to they ha- are supposed to keep their laborers um, socially distanced, right? So um, uh, scheduling, um, uh, mapping out picking routes, uh, making sure you aren't overlapping one another uh, in a packing area and stuff, uh, keeping area sanitized. Uh, it, it's a whole other strategic challenge and, and, and expense that they're having to take on too. Yeah. What, what areas outside of like warehousing um, are you seeing like a lot of interest in automation? Well, um, 
there's so there's um, um, we're all all ordering groceries. Well, many of us are ordering groceries online to be delivered too. So you're seeing um, applications rolled out for autonomous vehicles delivering groceries. And, and specifically, there's a company called Starship Technologies that I like watching. They uh, they look like little mini coolers on wheels. And they have been rolling out at university and college campuses all over the U.S. And they just recently made an announcement of a university in the U.K. Um, but over the past four, four to six months, they've also started um, uh, incorporating that delivery technology with some local markets. So they're delivering groceries to directly from markets to to homes and stuff, right? So um this dream about autonomous delivery and drones flying through the air i don't know if that's going to be as prevalent but these autonomous vehicles um starship amazon has something called scout fedex just announced they have a vehicle i just read one today a company out of the netherlands i think they're called omron they have a vehicle um there's another um there's another um autonomous car vehicle company like a smart car um, that can handle four or five bags of groceries so you can get more than one delivered to your house. Um, so that's been interesting. That, uh, not only that technology, but you've seen the deployment of that technology starting to take off. I, I know that in general technology is good, <laughs> though lately I feel like, <laughs> I feel that less, I'm, I'm, I'm less sure of that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to lie, Jeff. All of those examples that you just gave, um, I think maybe a couple years ago, I would have gotten a little bit excited about it or felt um, like I would have maybe questioned like the possibility of it. Now I feel like I need to put on my tinfoil hat and just say that it's all, <laughs> everything is moving us towards nobody leaving their houses anymore. Like, I, Crazy, isn't it? It's just, it's actually kind of scary to know that there are that many companies that are on the cusp or are already there to provide that service so that people stop leaving their homes. Yeah, I mean, like, and as we're recording yeah. this, um, the city of LA and possibly the entire state of California is going on a full lockdown. You're not allowed to leave yeah. your house except for essential activities. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't even go for a walk. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I think it's just crazy. It's just, it's kind yeah. of frightening. And I know, you know, it's, I feel a little, I don't know, I have, a, I guess I feel slightly bad and maybe uninformed in saying those comments to you because this is your industry. This is where <laughs> you live and breathe in this space, but I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I really don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of, I'm kind of getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> not at you, Jeff, not at you, just yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing is that, um, I, no, I, I, I get it. It's like, oh, my God, the robots are coming, you know, and, and uh, you can point to any sci-fi movie where they take over the planet or stuff, right? But um, so the advantages here, right, uh, to us as consumers is that I think you'll start seeing um, uh, a lot of people much younger than I <clears throat> have become accustomed to having their request for items and orders and things they want delivered uh, pronto, immediately, within an hour, right? 
you know, I, I don't know that I have to have, you know, a box of Cheerios delivered to me in an hour, but, you know, that's the stage that the consumer's demands have kind of set right now, right? But look at it another way, is that um, a lot of these companies are, are testing their technology in the quote-unquote supply chain arena. And as they grow their um, uh, accomplishments, uh, they all have plans to kind of move on to other uh, industries. So what if you had these uh, very smart autonomous robots that were able to assist um, uh, firefighters, right? You've got a massive chemical fire uh, that has to be put out. Um, you know, you don't want to send in unproven autonomous technology because it might make the situation worse, right? So I can see this being very helpful in natural disaster situations. I can see it very helpful if you have a medical emergency type situation, you have to get medicine or product to somebody who needs it. Um, you know, um, it, it, you know, God forbid another COVID pandemic hits, right? Well, what if we uh, are so locked down that we are hindered in the uh, distribution of vaccines and stuff, right? Um, you know, there, there are practical applications um, and we should, we should approach it with a sense of uh, uh, op skepticism, if you will, right? Um, it's good to have because it needs, it, it can fulfill uh, some, some uh, immediate uh, needs that I have to, to receive product or stuff, but it also, I, I, I see it growing into being very helpful for applications where um, uh, maybe we've got environments or situations where human interaction is deterred for some reason. All right, I have a lot of words to say about robots and what you just covered, but first we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, we wanted to tell you about our latest course, Foundation 52, that will be available on February 15th. This course is built to provide tools and techniques every week of the year and is designed to improve your small business. If you're thinking about starting a business, this is a great resource for you as well. We walk you through sales, customer service, disaster planning, growth strategies, and so much more. Head on over to SB Pace to sign up today. Welcome back. All right, Jeff, you just broke down a lot of, you gave us a lot of thoughts on the possibility of robots in the future. And I'm not, as much as I would love, I love the concept that I might one day be able to have robot legs. <laughs> I'm, I'm not buying, I don't, I'm, I'm still not okay. I, I find myself wondering if I'm the only person left on the planet who actually enjoys going to the grocery store. Like, I yeah. feel like that's going to yeah. be well, taken no, away. I do. You yeah, do? I, it's like a break, it's like a break away, isn't it? It's, these days it's quiet and stuff. You know, you know, you gotta, so when we use the term robot, right, um, many people right away think of a, uh, a humanoid looking beast um, that you're going to interact with and stuff, right? It, it, the components that make up a robot, that, that uh, it's, a, it's a, in our industry, um, many, many years ago in the, in the automotive industry, robotic arms were used to do repetitive tasks, right? We're, we're seeing them uh, applied to in, uh, especially e-commerce picking, um, distribution is we've got that same arm, but they're coming up with very clever, what are called grippers to be able to uh, pick up 
various items. Um, and what they struggle with is picking at the same rate that a human can, right? So when I was saying earlier about we, you know, we have this um, uh, feedback that we're hearing that it's tough for um, warehouse warehouses to hire operators to work. Well, if they could find the people that they needed to work, uh, they probably would perform at a higher rate right now than uh, a simple robotic arm. These robotic arms are, you know, uh, bolted in place and they uh, don't necessarily move around a lot and they're just picking items. The other um, quote-unquote robot are simply uh, little mini vehicles that you can put a, a product on top of and it can transport it from point A to point B. The alternative for that in our industry has been, you know, umpteen hundred feet of conveyor. So now the warehouse operator has, it's not that they're replacing people for the eight, uh, autonomous vehicles, they're replacing other equipment that is um, bolted to the floor, takes up space in the warehouse and requires a lot of square footage. So it's able to reduce the efficiency uh, of the warehouse and allow them to operate in a smaller square footage and stuff. We don't have robots that are like humanoids walking around a warehouse picking up boxes and stuff right now. Well, you bring up a, a kind of a point there, not to sound like a Luddite, but you know, what happens when the robots take all of our jobs? Yes. I, I don't think they ever will. <laughs> I think that, I think they'll be task specific, right? I think that, I, um, uh, I think of a specific example, which is uh, over the road uh, uh, trucking and trailers. Right now, there is a desperate need for drivers. Um, the industry is not able to find enough over-the-road drivers, right? So if this U.S. Bureau of Statistics um, that, I, that I referred to earlier, these rates hold true, if these numbers are going to continue to increase, then how are you going to transport product from Los Angeles to Chicago? How are you going to transport product from you know, New York to Florida, whatever. How is a gr major grocery distribution center based in Washington, D.C. going to be able to deliver pallet loads of groceries to all of its grocery centers up the Eastern Seaboard? Great question. I think frequently about what would happen to our infrastructure if we continue to see the shortage that exists in, you know, I guess what you would refer to as long haul truckers, right? It's and because that's a yeah, very yeah. real situation and one that we frequently also saw when we were working for, you know, food service distribution is that those roles are hard to fill. They're and that's been a problem for years and it's just it's continue it's growing and growing and growing. Um I don't yeah, know how I feel then, about a robot driving a semi across the country though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, feel yeah, good about that yeah, either. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be worried. There'll be there'll be nobody in the vehicle. They'll just drive itself. So. Yeah, yeah no, I know. That doesn't make me feel good. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel good about a car doing it on most cases. And now you want to give me like a fully loaded semi? Eh, that feels <laughs> no. I'm, I don't think I'm on board for that either. Basically, I'm in denial yeah, well, of the future. I'm in denial, Joe. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, you got to keep an eye on Tesla and uh, Workhorse, and uh, there's uh, there's probably about half a dozen electric vehicle companies there that have uh, 
semi-trailer trucks that they're uh, successfully testing. Uh, well, I guess I have I have a brother who drives truck. Well, I have a brother who drives truck over. Let me just say this: I have a brother who drives truck over the road, and honestly, I think I'd rather have a a, a robot drive than him. So I think we're okay there. <laughs> well, you know, just today UPS announced, and it's all over the news that they are restricting the number of um, uh, pickups that they are going to be able to do at major retailers. Right. So, so that's how could they correct it if they hired a couple thousand more drivers and built another couple thousand more trucks and activated a couple thousand more planes. Right. The flip side is right. The investment in autonomous vehicles, because, because uh, truck drivers don't drivers and people who fly planes, they don't work 24 seven. They have laws in terms of how long they can be on the road the amount of time they have to rest and stuff, but um, you know, automating having an autonomous vehicle is going to open uh, the opportunity for that vehicle to operate on uh, many, many more hours, and probably could positively uh, allow them to positively address the situation we're seeing today. So how they have to restrict? How far are we away from having that sort of where UPS or FedEx or somebody's using that type of technology? Uh, not far. Like They're already testing. Weeks, months, <laughs> years, decades? Years. Yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's just one more way that, well, like that situation right now where you said that they, you know, sort of listed out they were going to restrict the number of pickups they could do or whatever, because they don't have the manpower or the resources to do it that it's just one more way that small businesses are going to get squeezed because they're going to do the pickups for the big guys. It's the little companies that are going to get hurt. Well, it's so uh, think of it this way. I, another way to think of it is that UPS, FedEx, all the major deliveries, they don't make money on delivering to your home. Right. They make money on, on, on doing the big packages, right? So I would say that small businesses typically have their deliveries in what are called LGL or less than truckload, where they they fill a truckload with multiple stops for multiple businesses, right? That could very easily be done with an autonomous vehicle, right? Um, I don't I don't I don't agree that it would affect small businesses. I think that um, the drive will be all the money that these delivery services are losing by having to do home deliveries to your house, my house, and Corey's house, that, that there's no, they don't make money on those deliveries. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to start wrapping it up here, uh, Jeff. If there's one last thing that you want to tell our listeners, what would that be? Wow. Um, I, I, I would say, um, you know, don't be afraid of uh, robotics. <laughs> Uh, they're not going to come, you know, I, we're, we're as humans, right? We crave that personal interaction, right? If you have a small business that's service oriented, that's going to come back. People are dying to get out of their house, right? Um, if you don't like working in a warehouse or that's not a job that uh, really excites you, it's okay. You know, they're, they're, they're going to have automation for that uh, to kind of help supplement that labor. If you're a tech-oriented person, 
I, I, I've got a tip for you. If you want to learn more about tech, there's going to be tons of jobs for servicing, maintaining, managing, programming, running, designing, all this type of technology out there. I could go for a job where I am in control of the robots. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, Jeff, tell our <laughs> listeners how they can find you. Oh, really easy. I'm on LinkedIn. It's uh, Jeff Hedges, H-E-D-G-E-S. And uh, um, I have a company page too, J Hedges Consulting. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was an interesting and lively conversation and one that I did not <laughs> expect to find so much passion in from myself. But I guess I know how I'm feeling about about the future and what's happening to our world right now. I want to also thank all of our listeners for tuning in and you can catch everything about Jeff and how to find him in our show notes. And you can connect with us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can reach us going through our websites, sbpace.com and bizquickpodcast.com. And while you're out there, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast and give us a like and a review. We love feedback. And feel free to reach out to us about any topics that you'd like to, for us to cover or if you wanted to be a guest yourself. And while you're out there, you can buy our book, Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It was a number one bestseller on Amazon and it comes with a digital workbook download. It does, and it was, and it's good. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.